Right now? Yep. Okay. Very good. So you said this. Say it again. Breakthrough. 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 A next fab made podcast. A next fab made podcast. A next fab made podcast. All right, I'll try again. Breakthrough. A next fab made podcast. Breakthrough is a podcast series about making. Making discoveries, making a difference in the community, and making the world a better place. It's the stories of startups and inventors who are developing products that have social value by solving real-world problems. It's about artisans and entrepreneurs who have broken through the mold to live their best lives. Welcome to episode number five of Breakthrough, a NextFab Made podcast series. This time our guest is Mel Sage of Sage Woodworks, a Philadelphia-based artist whose custom-fabricated designs use nature and topography to produce stunning and unique pieces. Throughout the conversation, you'll learn about Mel's journey from architect to entrepreneur, how she found a sense of community at NextFab, and advice for those who aspire to make a living from making. Good morning, Melanie. How are you today? morning i'm good how are you i'm good bright and early on a monday morning yep <laughs> thanks for joining <laughs> us here today here at next fab south philadelphia so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself okay um so i'm mel sage i am from the area originally um and i have a background in architecture so i have a degree in my bachelor in architecture um so i went to school down south in clemson south carolina okay and I graduated in 2016, and I immediately moved to New York City, um, where I did a couple odd jobs, and then I ended up at an architecture firm there. Um, and yeah, so I worked at, it was like a high-end high residential firm. Okay. Um, and I worked there for about a year and a half, and I worked on a five-story building um, in D.C. for most of the time that I was there. And I was always sort of interested in fabrication ever since college. So mm. even when I was at the firm, I was interested in building the site models um, there. And I didn't always get to do that. So mm. when I did, it was a really exciting time for me. So I don't know if you're familiar with site models and architecture, sure. but sort of that stacking um, of the topography was always really beautiful to me. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of where I got the idea for what I do now, which is wooden wall hangings. Um, so I take topography maps and I sort of underlay them in AutoCAD and um, trace the topographies of different places. And then I cut out the wood on the laser cutter and stack them um, in more of an artistic way. So okay. I take a little bit of artistic liberty there. Um, but yeah, so I decided that I wanted to leave New York when I realized that I wanted to pursue this, but it was so expensive in New York. So I was looking at wood shops there and they were like $800 a month just wow. to be a member. Mm-hmm. So I figured maybe I would come back to my roots, come back to the Philadelphia area where I know it's a little more affordable. And um, I found NextFab just through like online searches okay. and it's their membership is... I think a great deal. So I was immediately, I, my rent was, or my lease was about to end. So I was like, up, I'm just going to up and move <laughs> to nice. Philly. Nice. So I moved here and immediately started working at NextFab. And it's been great. Um, I've met a lot of people that are also sort of in the same boat as me. So 
it's been fun to yeah. get to know people here. That's awesome. Was there like a, was there a tipping point up in New York that you said that's it? I've had it. I'm done with architecture. I want to pursue this um, this dream that I have. Yeah, I mean, I guess the tipping point was when I found myself like sneaking away from my desk to hop on the laser cutter at work, <laughs> and I was like designing things like in CAD in my spare time and hoping that like my boss didn't see. So uh, that was probably my tipping point. I also I took a woodworking class when I was in Brooklyn and it was like a six week course and that was really fun and I just found it super therapeutic. So um, all of that sort of came together. And then again, with my lease ending, I sort of needed to make a quick decision on it. Mm. So put in my two weeks. (laughs) Cool. Was uh, woodworking something that you were always interested in, or was this something that developed in your time as an architect? I would say it developed pretty slowly. So when I was in school, um, in college, I would always kind of use the wood shop whenever I could. Mm -hmm. So I'm not a classically trained woodworker. I'm, I've trained myself on most of the machines that I use, but yeah, I would, so I would work in the wood shop at school and I would use the CNC router at school whenever I could and the laser cutter. So I was really interested in digital fabrication. Mm-hmm. I would say more so than woodworking, but I always was really interested in wood as a material. Like I would make a lot of my models in school out of wood when I could. Mm-hmm. So I was just sort of drawn to wood. Nice. What do you uh, find passion in? What, what inspires your creativity? So, I would have to take it way back. Um, my my mom is who taught me just how to incorporate art into my life. And so not that I draw inspiration from that every day, obviously, but I do a lot of painting um, with what I do now, even though it's not I'm not necessarily drawing figures or anything. But whenever I pick up a paintbrush, I sort of think of her Um I hang out with her sometimes. <laughs> she <laughs> nice. doesn't really paint anymore, but we still talk about art. Awesome. Awesome. So you find inspiration through, through my mom. Yeah. Any other sources of inspiration? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I still have sort of that architectural, like, I don't know what I would call it. Um, there's something in me that's still drawn to architecture. So I still follow some big name architects. Yeah. Yeah, so I would say, like, Bjark Ingels is a big one. Um, Zaha Hadid, who obviously is a, was a female, um, in the industry. I follow their work just on social media and Mm -hmm. stuff and just sort of keep up with what they're producing. And not that their work necessarily relates to what I do now, but I definitely draw inspiration from, like, their textures and their structures that they come up with. Next, Mel tells us about her new career path, the community here at NextFab, and her transition into teaching. When I came to NextFab, there was definitely a big jump from sort of working for the man, per se, to just doing my own thing. And that's been, it's just made me so much happier, like in my day-to-day life. Being able to set my own schedule is amazing. Be your own boss. Exactly. And, you know... Being able to just come here and work like straight through the day, I don't think about how much time I'm putting into my work day because mm-hmm. I'm just like passionate about what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Because at the architecture firm, there were times when I would be there until 2 a.m. on a Saturday, like crazy hours. But here I don't think about it. So like I'll come in time on the weekend and I'm just fun. like, I'm having fun and it's therapeutic. And 
um, like I said, I, I've met a lot of other makers here that are in a similar boat to me, like mm-hmm. in an entrepreneurial sense. And I get to, I've had like lunch meetings with people that mm-hmm. are also working in the shop that, um, we just talk through ideas and it's, it's way more casual than what I used to do being mm-hmm. in a firm. And it's just, it makes for like a lot more of a relaxed lifestyle i would say but i'm still like working my ass off cool so talk to me more about the community here at next fab and how that's helped you get to where you're at today i would say i typically meet someone almost every time i come in here someone new and it's super exciting um whether i'm just walking past one of the workbenches and seeing a new interesting thing that someone's making or just a new face um i try to say hello to as many people as I can because there are a lot of people in here making really cool stuff. Mm. Um, I've met people that make traditional woodworking stuff to people who are making large-scale digital fabricated stuff on the CNC router. So it's really sort of all types of projects that are going on. And people are really easy to talk to about, like, how to make things um, for free. Like I don't need to take a class to learn how to use certain machines because people are really friendly. And if I see Mm -hmm. someone working on something, I'll just ask if I can, if they can show me how it's done really quickly and people are really friendly here. That knowledge sharing is really, really important element of the community here. Yeah. Knowledge sharing I would say is definitely, it's very open here and it's a very, nice relaxed community and you've taken that 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 next step to actually you teach here as well yeah yeah so i do teach her part-time um i teach introduction to adobe illustrator and illustrator for laser cutting and i'm about to start teaching rhino too oh nice so those are all programs that i learned in school and throughout my architectural career so that's been like a cool transition to Um, and definitely has integrated me more into NextFab and just getting to know the staff better and stuff like that. Sure. So what's your favorite piece of equipment here in the shop? Hmm. Good question. Um, I think my favorite piece of equipment would probably be, I mean, I love the laser cutter, Mm -hmm. but I feel like I know it too well for it to be like exciting for me or Mm -hmm. I don't know. So in the actual wood shop, I would say... The table saw. Okay. It's really fun to just like get into a groove rip on it and just, yeah, yeah, just rip through stuff. So yeah, probably the table saw. Do you work in any other departments? You work in metalworking or? I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to learn more metal stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I should probably sign up for some classes soon. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I get so like enthralled in what I'm doing that I forget that I can take all of these awesome classes here. So that's right. definitely something on my list. Awesome. Do you ever collaborate with any of the other members on projects? Um, I haven't collaborated with anyone yet. Um, but I, like I said, I've talked to other makers about how to make certain things. Mm-hmm. So currently, like I just got asked to do a commission for someone's wedding where I'm going to oh, be nice. making this like sort of mountainous scene with wood. And then people, it's going to be like the guest book so people can sign it at the wedding. And I've been talking to my friend Emily, um, who is, she's like an amazing woodworker. She's been woodworking for years. Emily, she's a member here. Emily Bunk. Oh yeah, yeah sure. Of course. Yeah. She's been sort of 
guiding me in different ways that I can make this piece because she has more technical knowledge in the woodshop than I do. Mel goes on to tell us about her inspirations, why she loves using laser cutting, and answers the age-old question, why wood? I think wood, especially with what my product is about right now, which Mm -hmm. I draw a lot of inspiration from nature and topography. Mm -hmm. So wood being more of a natural material, that's sort of what drew me to it. Um, And I always have just been drawn to wood. Like I said, when I was in college, I would make these, my models out of wood Mm -hmm. for whatever reason. There's just a quality of it. I think the fact that you can stain it or paint it or sand it in a certain way, you can sort of change the look of it Mm -hmm. pretty easily. And the grain obviously is beautiful and sort of follows that look of that topography has as well. So I think there's an interesting connection to nature through using wood as a material. How does the laser cutting come into play? So I design everything through sketching first and then I'll design it on the computer. Mm -hmm. Um, And when I say sketching, like some of my pieces are just straight pieces. Mm -hmm. So I don't do any of the curvature um, aspect. So with the straight pieces, I design that through sketching and then I'll take it to my computer. With the topographic stuff, I literally just trace topo maps on Mm -hmm. my computer. So not much sketching. Um, But so once I sketch or once I create everything digitally um, in AutoCAD. Mm -hmm. Then I'll send it all over to Adobe Illustrator and get everything formatted for the laser cutter. And so with my pieces, and I'll show you later, um, I create these tabs and numbers to each of the pieces of Mm -hmm. wood because they're going to start stacking on each other. So it ends up being sort of a big puzzle. Okay. Um, So all Yeah, all of these pieces are numbered, so I know where to place them when I'm creating, when I'm actually assembling it. Um, And so with the laser cutter, all of my pieces are laid out um, just on like a flat surface. And then I'll have the laser cutter come in and do all of my cutting and scoring of all the tabs and the numbers. Are you a creative entrepreneur or artisan in the Philadelphia area? Do you want to connect with a creative community that will push you further and support your vision? NextFev is a community where artisans and entrepreneurs help each other learn new crafts, build business, and create new products. Coming in 2020 to the newly revitalized Kensington neighborhood, NextFev is opening up its flagship location for the creative maker. The space will offer over 30,000 square feet of shared workshops for jewelry making, textiles, woodworking, welding, as well as private studio space. Visit nextfab.com forward slash 1800 to sign up for updates about our grand opening. That's nextfab.com forward slash 1800. If you want to make it better, we can help. We look forward to meeting you. The discussion moves towards the business side of Sage Woodworks, where Mel sells her art pieces and some of the challenges of being an entrepreneur. So I do local markets as much as I can, and I just recently joined a gallery up in Brooklyn. So I'm sort of 
doing both of those scenes right now, the market scene and the gallery scene. Sure. And I'm, I'm kind of like straddling that right now. I'm not really sure which direction I'll end up falling on uh, more heavily. But yeah, so I make an inventory for those shows. And then I try to keep my inventory up as much as I can. But obviously, I'm just a single maker right now. So I will see if I can get my inventory where I need it to. <laughs> and you're also uh, part of Good Measure, correct? Yeah. So, so I sell pieces in Good Measure right now with, through Ross Stoops. Yeah. Um, and Good Measure, just for our audience, so they know, is a, uh, okay. is a, is a brick and mortar, yes. a retail storefront. Uh, in South Philly, not too far away from the shop here, where right. a lot of the members are selling their work on consignment right. through there. Yeah, so it's commission-based, so I basically lend my work to mm. the good measure, and then when it sells, I get a percentage based on that sale, or I guess Ross gets the percentage and I get the principal. Awesome. Um, and I'm in a store in Haddonfield, New Jersey as well, called May Rocky Market. Okay. Um, and that one is, uh, they sell wholesale, so that's great. So I get to just sell them my work, and then if they sell it, that's great. But that's sort of the end of the transaction. And I'm about to meet up with someone from the Common Room in North Philly. I'm going to be part of it. That's mm. another um, just maker's kind of retail space, nice. much like the Good Measure. You have to check them out. Yeah. And then I also sell in Cactus Collective, which is a vintage shop in South Philly. Are you doing anything online, or is it mostly through these yeah, markets? Yeah, so I have a website. Um, of course. Yeah, my website. Sagewoodworks? Sagewoodworks.org. Dot .org. You got the dot .org going. <laughs> yes. Nice. You're not a nonprofit, though, right? No. No? Just like the dot .org for different? I couldn't make, get different. the .com. <laughs> oh, good move. Good move. I had to do it. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so I have my website and I tried doing Etsy, but it, I wasn't really getting a lot of traction on yeah. Etsy. So the website's been going pretty well. Yeah. I would like to make more sales online. Yeah. It's always exciting to get a sale online that is from someone I don't know. Yeah. So that's happened a couple of times where I'm like, yeah. yes, <laughs> the word is getting out. Yeah, that's great. Do you enjoy being an entrepreneur? Yes. I love yeah. being an entrepreneur. Yeah. yeah. I like making my own schedule and being my own boss. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. What are some of the challenges that you face? I think for me, the challenges that I face are more mental than anything else. Um, it's It was hard leaving my old job and walking away from a salary-based position yeah. to um, just really being responsible for my own income mm -hmm. and everything that's attached to that. So just convincing myself that I made the right move and that things are going to continue to progress. Um, you know, it's, it's up and down. Some days I have great opportunities coming at me and I'm really excited. And then there will be days when I feel like there's not much happening. Right. So I sort of need to keep myself motivated and stay positive about mm -hmm. everything. How do you do that? I just try to take it day by day, um, and I try to do yoga and that sort of thing yeah. to keep my mind steady. We wrapped our conversation by discussing women in the workshop, advice for aspiring entrepreneurs, and what the future holds in store for Sage Woodworks. At NextFab, I really don't notice the fact that I'm working in a you know male-dominated <laughs> space as much. There may have been a one or two times where I like, you know, my ear perks up. But for the most part, 
this is a space where everyone is equal. I really don't notice. Um, There's no mansplaining going on. No, No, not so much. (laughs) No, I actually, I've had a lot of men like ask me how to do things, which is really great. And I've had men ask me to help them lift things and stuff, which, you know, you don't, yeah, (laughs) you don't like get that everywhere. So it really is a space that's like, I'm not just saying this, but it is a space that's (laughs) really, um, it's equal. Um, men and women, I would say are pretty equal. And, I would say it's probably a third um, of the population, at least in the wood shop, is women. So mm. I do see women in the shop. Right, so you're not outnumbered too bad. It's not too bad, no. That's <laughs> awesome. So what advice would you give to a young budding entrepreneur, someone looking to make that leap and um, kind of follow in your footsteps and, and do what you did? Yeah, I mean, I think... I feel like there are two schools of thought in this. I've heard a lot of people say, don't leave your old job and become an entrepreneur until you're like ready to do it. You have all of your, everything's set up and you know that financially you can do it. Everything's where you need it to be. I disagree with that thought. I do too, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I think you just need to go for it. Dive in head you first. You just got to get out of what's making you unhappy mm-hmm. and pursue something that's making you happy. And if it doesn't work out, which I don't think that's a failure either. Um, I would say if, if things aren't working out, that just means you need to sort of change your, your footing a little sure. bit and um, just change the way that you're approaching it. So, yeah. Awesome. So what's the future hold for Sage Woodworks? So for Sage Woodworks, the future right now is just about getting into more shows, Mm -hmm. getting the word out there. I'm just sort of trying to gain more traction Mm -hmm. in terms of having a bigger following so that people know my work and I get to make more sales based off of that. So sort of just getting it to be a little more steady. Um, And eventually I would like to have my own studio as much as I love NextFab and it's sort of been an incubator for me Mm -hmm. and I'll probably be here for a few more years. Um, eventually I would like to have my own creative space and just be able to send packages from like my shop, not my apartment address. (laughs) That's great. Well, I mean, as much as we like to see people grow and members here grow and move on and, and get bigger and better, you know, we always want you to stay here and, you know, I think, I think people, they don't ever really fully leave next right, fab right. i think once you're here you know you're you're sort of you know you're always a member even if you have uh, right you know it, kind it of graduated sort of through. community yeah. and it's cool like when you walk through the lobby you see all these photos of people that have made things here in the past yeah. and even some examples of their work and yeah. just from working here i know that those people don't they don't still work here right. so it's cool that next fab kind of gives tribute to people that have made things here yeah. They're not mad that they left. Right. They're happy that they made something. And that's why I feel bad. I mean, this does, this shouldn't be necessarily the end of the rainbow for anybody, but this is really what sort of gets you, yeah. you know, the place where it gets you to where you want to be right. as an entrepreneur, even as an enthusiast, right. you know, somebody who's, you know, we talked about earlier, you know, how do we go from passion to project to product? Right. And I think that's really great what you're doing. And we're, uh, we're really happy for you and excited for you. Thank you. Yeah. So. I, I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing now without NextFab. That's awesome. Well, we wish you the best of luck. We look forward to seeing you around the shop. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode of Breakthrough. I'm your host, Ron Bauman, serial entrepreneur, founder of Milk Street Marketing, and NextFab member. If you are enjoying our show, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. 
To learn more about how NextFab can help make your ideas come to life, visit nextfab.com and follow hashtag NextFabMade on social to see what our members are making. Come back for our next episode featuring Jesse Garcia of Tezuda, who developed a head impact sensor to help detect concussions in sports and in the workplace.